and welcome to this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Sulphur and Devils. Joining us on the show this week, as ever, we have Paul White. Is that right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You okay, mate? How's uh, lockdown treating you, mate? Yeah, same as, mate, really. Same as. Working, working hard and uh, not been spending a lot of time in the house, to be honest. When I have been in the house, I'm, I'm still doing a bit of work on my book that I've been doing for the last five years or so, so that's taken up quite a bit of my time. And, yeah, I'm... Uh, Looking forward to the, the rugby league start, and I've watched a bit of the Aussie rugby league. I've not got Sky Sports, but I have seen a bit of it on the free channel that we get, so I've enjoyed watching that. Bit strange without crowds, but it's been it's been, been some good rugby on there. So uh, looking forward to Super League starting again, though, uh, when that comes along soon. Tell us a bit more about this book that you that you're writing. You say you got to the end of it now. You're just typing it up. Yeah, well. I think I mentioned it to you before on the podcast. It's about my dad and his brother's life in rugby league. My brother played for Swinton and tragically he died after an accident on the pitch in hospital a few months later. So it's about a bit of tragedy in my family and um, how my dad carried on watching rugby league after that. And quite a bit of division in my family, I think. I don't know whether they whether he was frowned upon a bit for carrying on watching sport, but he did and he brought me into it and, and I watched it as well and I'm quite passionate about it now, and it's just about the ups and downs of watching Salford through the 70s and 80s, and quite a few funny stories and anecdotes in there as well. And I'm just sort of piecing it all together now. It's pretty difficult because a lot of the stuff's happened sort of 40, 50 years ago, and it's hard to remember. So I'll go for my dad for notes, and then he'll ring me back and say, Oh, I can remember now what's happening. Uh, so there's, there's quite some funny stories in there, some sad stories as well. So we're hoping to have it done by the end of the year, and then we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. But no, I've enjoyed doing it, it's been good. So what's the plan? Trying to get it sort of published or something like that? Do you reckon? Yeah, I'd like. Yeah, I'd like to, Rob. I'd like to. Um, if if the interest is there and, and people would like to read it, then we'll, we'll, I'll just see what the interest is like. I've never done anything like that before, so I'll text some advice of people who haven't. And if people want to read it, I'm sure we can we can sort something out. Cool. Um, I've been. There's not much going on really during lockdown for me. So still off work. Um, yeah. Just obviously, it's hard in the lot when you're not doing what you normally do. You know, in the I've been short and it gets you after a bit, doesn't it? So it's like you say, because is it 14 weeks? A long time in it. You know, for all the people like homeschooling, that it's a bit of a nightmare, isn't it? You know, kids don't really want to want to do it after a few weeks, do they? No, they don't really want to do it after a few days. I mean, my two, my wife works from home and. My two are bombing it round all day, and I think they just get a bit fed up being in the house. I mean, I'm lucky; I'm a, I've carried on working, and it's not been it been easy going in people's houses during this. It's been quite difficult, and you know, people are quite nervous. But you know, we've survived and got through it, and um, it's not as bad as what it was a few weeks ago. It's starting to get a bit easier now at work. And it's still very busy, and you know, last last week it was it was warm as well. It was a bit hot being at work, but. I'd rather be at work, I think, than, than sat at home. I, I don't think I'm a person who can sort of stay in the house too much, but I just feel sort of the people who, who have to do, and, you know, especially people who've got kids at home, and even, like, guys who've got no back garden and, like, and you're stuck in the house with your kids and you can't really do anything. And it's difficult. I mean, kids, like you say, they don't want to sit there at the table at home, do they, doing, doing schoolwork and that. So it's, yeah, it's difficult. The, the sooner they can get kids back in school and start getting things back to, back to norm, as normal as they can do, I think... There's a bit of a glimmer of hope then, isn't there? The new normal, that's what it is, isn't it? Everyone's got to kind of adapt to their lives, really. That's the, the thing. But we are doing yeah. now, we're queuing up to, to get food, aren't we? And, you know, it's it's it's, it's just, the, it's going to be, you know, a new way of doing stuff we're all going to kind of have to get used to doing. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be forever. 
I think things will get back to normal because you know they they're gonna bring this two meters down to a meter and. I, I think gradually it'll just phase itself out, won't it? But you've obviously got to be careful because there's still a virus out there and you can't take your, your foot off the pedal. I, I try not to at work. I try and tell people what I've touched and I try and wipe things down because you're just paranoid that you might be spreading germs into into their houses and things like that. So that's the way I feel about it. But I, I think gradually you know, things will get back to, back to normal. I can't see it being like this forever. Because whatever's a long time, isn't it? But you've just got to bide your time and keep yourself safe. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. I know people complain and people protest and do all sorts of stupid things, don't you? But I think you've got to have a bit of common sense, haven't you, sometimes? And, and just behave yourself and do as you're told. Yeah, like people go to the beach and, you know, riots and raves. And, you know, it, it's not, it's not, I know you've got, you've got to do it, haven't they? Because obviously there's, there's, you know, things that you don't need to protest about. But it's just, you know, like I say, people go to the beach as well and things like that. It's just, yeah. It's like rolling the dice in it, ice that I see it. And if you keep rolling the dice, yeah. keep taking a gamble, eventually you're going to roll a one. Yeah, we better not get into the whole thing about protests. I know what you say, people have got a pro- we deal, though. I mean, I've not been out protesting, but I think you've got you've got to be sensible, haven't you? And I don't I don't know. I, you're opening the cat worms if you start talking about that, aren't you? But yeah, I think these people going to these raves and the beach and all that. I mean, I saw some pictures in the paper the other day about that. I think it was down south, that south end or somewhere like that. There was thousands of people, <laughs> like they're all sat on top of each other. And it's like, you should use a bit of common sense, don't you? I mean, if you, could, you could be spreading all sorts of germs, can't you? I mean, the other night, Liverpool celebrating the, the, the Premier League was great, but you, you can't really go doing that, can you? And, it just totally contradicts it and everyone's behaving and, and and sticking to these rules and then you get people who are not so it sort of it really does contradict itself but it's funny times that we've been living in 2020 has been a been a strange year up to now hasn't it um you know uh, our last game watching Salford we beat Wigan and all, all was well in the world wasn't it? but it seemed a lifetime ago that now yeah I think the weather saved us obviously because it's been really warm and really hot uh, and you kind of kind of say that it doesn't really if you're outside and it the, the the heat and the sun kind of like reduces your uh, sort of chances of catching sort of corona. Um, but obviously now with the temperatures dropping and in, I think the next week's going to be a bit sort of wet and grey. It's uh, I think you just need to kind of click back into gear now and just look after ourselves because because the temperatures dropped a bit. I think it might be a it might be a problem that. Yeah, just keep washing your hands and. Keep trying to be as safe as you can, I think, is the, the, the advice, isn't it? I know um, I've always got my sanitizer in my pocket. Like I said, when I'm at work, I, I'm more worried about the, the people I'm going to see than myself. Because um, I don't know whether I've had it or, or whatever, I've carried it or, or whatever over the last few months because I've never had a symptom, you know, touch wood. So I'm more worried about people I'm going to see. So just keep myself clean and be sensible. And I think that's the only thing you can do, really, can't you? And t- take advice off the... Well, if you can take advice off the government, I think they don't think they know what they're doing half the time, do they? But common sense is the name of the game, I think. That's what it's all about, keeping yourself and everyone safe. So, a um, bit of a catch-up, really, because we haven't done a podcast for a few weeks, have we, Paul? So, we thought we'd do a bit of a podcast today and, and go through all of the big news of the week. Yeah, it sounded like a government announcement, that, didn't it? <laughs> Rob and Paul's government advice. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've not, I've not seen you for a while. I've not spoken to you for a bit. And uh, no, it'd be nice to get, we've got a bit of news, haven't we? And uh, th- things are starting to happen now, aren't they, in, in rugby league? You know, we'll, we'll be chatting about soon about the announcement, the, the season starting again. So, no, things are looking up. Yep. Yeah. So this is all the big news uh, that we're catching up on. 
We'll start uh, with the signing, Paul. The new signing, uh, Andy Akers, uh, the hooker from Toronto, uh, has signed for us um, a good a good player uh, and certainly will add to our squad. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, he's a good signing. I think he's only... Um, he's not an old player, is he? What, 20, 27, 26, 27. So a local guy as well, isn't he? You know, from the North West. He's had a few clubs and he's always impressed me every time I've seen him. You know, he's, he's he's quick around the rook. He's a good ball distributor, good tackler as well. And I think he'll, he'll be a really, really astute sign in him. It reminds me a bit of um, Chris Brining sort of hooker. You know, we all know what, what what a good player Chris was until he, he unfortunately got injured. And Andy Akers could be the guy, you know, we're, we're looking for now. I mean, we've got some, some good hookers at the club. We've got Joey Lussick there. We've got Connor Jones, who is a, is a work in progress. We've also got Chris Atkin, who can play in that role. But we don't know who's going to be there next season, do we? So, uh you know, with, with the way things are now, you know, this this talk about Joe Willowson going, he's not, you know, he's not signed a contract as of yet, and you know, it's important that we have players tied down for next season. So uh, we've got Andy Akers in there; he's he's a very good player to have in your squad. Yeah, obviously, like you said, Joe Willowson uh, hasn't signed a contract yet, and it's in part I think the club that you know the, the sort of brought in Akers, obviously as an insurance policy, just just in case uh, Lussick decides to depart. Because uh, obviously, hooking role is very important in 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 rugby league, and you know he is a he is a class act, and he will certainly, I think, add a lot of uh, you know speed and, and and aggression and and creativity around the rook, which is which is what you need when you when when your team going forward. Yeah, certainly. And yeah, like you say about Lussick, I mean, we don't really know what's going on there, do we? Because I suppose it's been difficult for the journalists and, and people like that at this time to get, you know, news stories from the club. We're probably very limited to who you can go and see or who you can phone and things like that. So we don't really know that situation. But all we know, we, we could have, you know, agreed something. We, we don't know, do we? But the club can't wait forever, can they? They've got to make decisions. And like you say, I think that was a good word to use, an insurance policy. And no, he's, he's a good player because, I mean, remember him being at Swinton, he's there, went to London, then you know, he's impressed me playing for Toronto Wolfpack as well. As I said, 26 year old, almost 27 years at, at Christmas. So, um, you know, he's coming to the towards the peak of his career now. And from the, the interview I saw with him that he did with the club and, and what he said about the club, he, he seems like a bloke that's very switched on, very sensible, very level headed. And he's the sort of guy that he's the sort of guy that Ian Watson goes for, isn't he? Those, those are the sort of players it's well, probably with a point to prove as well. As I said, they play for Swinton, London, and Toronto. No disrespect, no disrespect for, to those three clubs, but you know, he's probably wanting to, to better himself now and, and, and play, you know, top top line rugby league get to finals and things like that whether he can do that with us remains to be seen but he's he's a player with a point to prove isn't he and uh, you know Wattle's had a knack of signing those sort of guys in recent years yeah also play, played for for Wattle at Swinton played with Paul well managed coached by Paul Rowley uh, at Toronto so both sort of all the coach staff obviously have, have dealt with him before they'll know what his uh, strengths and weaknesses are so it's I think you know it's a, it's a great signing I think I think it's uh, something that's going to sort of add, a, add that bit extra uh, to uh, to our squad. Yeah, well, I think uh, with Watto, with, with most of his, well, all of his signs, he always seems to do his homework on them, doesn't he? Um, not just the rugby league, you know, how they are off the pitch, the kind of character they are, personality they are. And, and Paul Rowley is well in there, he'll know all about Andy Akers and, and as will Watto from his time at Swinton. So we don't seem to sign bad apples anymore, do we? We seem to sign players who are coming for the right reasons and, you know, to, to better themselves and, and really put it in for the club and, you know, like I said before, listening to Andy, he seems uh, he seems like he wants to come to Salford and and do really well and and, and challenge for trophies and, and, and 
you know, last season we, we did really well, didn't we? And we want to kick on. It's it's been difficult this season with it being stop start and it's probably going to be difficult when the season starts again to get any sort of momentum. So you're probably looking at 2021 now. So um, he's definitely a player that's uh, going to take the club forward. I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah. Uh, other sort of uh, news regarding uh, signing, well, re-signings. Uh, Oliver Roberts has uh, extended his loan period into 2021 from Huddersfield. Um, so far, so good. He's, uh, he's, he's, quite, he's quite solid defensively. He's, he's a big unit. Um, I think there's a lot to come uh, from him. Yeah, he's a big guy, isn't he? I mean, when we lost Adam Walker, to me, he sort of came in and, and filled his, his, his shoes, really, because Adam was a big lad, wasn't he? And Oliver Roberts is a similar sort of size, similar sort of player. Does a lot of tackling as well. And, um, yeah, it seems strange that he signed another another sort of season on loan. You think, do Woodersfield want to keep him? Or I don't know, it seems funny that some days. Now, rugby league teams seem to edge the bets, don't they, rather than sell a player. They will carry on loaning him out because you never know injuries and things like that and what's going to happen. We don't seem to see a lot of transfers these days and players going for going for fees. So so no if Huddersfield want to do that and they want to, you know, keep him with us, I think that that probably suits Alford because uh, you know he's, he's a decent forward. He's he's not he's not over the hill either, is he? He's he's still got a point to prove, good young player. So uh, so yeah, he's done good good to, to to keep him in the side. Yeah, there was a, a kind of interview, interview on uh, Red Devils RDTV uh, with uh, with Oliver, uh, and this is a clip from it. Hey, just a quick message from Ollie Roberts here. Uh, I'd like to say that I'm just over the moon to have extended my loan period with Salford into the 2021 season. Uh, for myself, it was a bit of a no-brainer, really, um, to be back underneath Watto, um, Rolls, GB, and back with the boys. Um, I thought for the couple of games that were there, I really enjoyed it. Uh, enjoyed the atmosphere, especially the fans. Uh, they get behind the boys and they get the place rocking. And um, I'm really looking forward to progressing my game and, and getting better and hopefully having a full pre-season with the boys and, and, and building from there into next year. So that was uh, Oliver Roberts talking to RDTV. Uh, you can catch the full interview on uh, online. Uh, it's a great interview. It's well worth tuning in for. Uh, but yeah, I think it's exciting. Obviously, you know, bringing these quality players in, uh, the likes of Akers and keeping uh, Roberts, uh, will will certainly benefit Ian Watson's squad moving forward this season and and into next season. I reckon, Paul. Yeah, he certainly will. And I mean, I know the the sort of rumor mills hotting up now in the in the League Express and online. I've seen all sorts of things recently. You know, uh, linking players to Salford and linking players to Wigan. I think Wigan have been linked with Benji Marshall and. And things like that. So, does that mean Jackson Aston's on the move? Could he be going to Australia? There's all sorts of stuff going going around at the moment. So, it is going to be difficult, though. I think you know signings and, and keeping all the players. What with with the lockdown and the, the shortened season and and the, the lack of income at clubs, it's going to be a difficult time. I mean, I was reading something the other day. I think it was Leeds who were saying how much money they're going to lose over the next eighteen months, and it's a worrying time, isn't it? Really. And, our players going to go on? Are they going to have to take pay cuts and, and things like that? But uh, but no, when I read that thing about Wigan and Benji Marshall, it sort of made me smile really. And you know <laughs> they're going on about players taking pay cuts, and then you you trying to sign him. And I know Warrington have signed. Um, who did Warrington sign? Forgive me, I can't remember his name. No, Greg Inglis. Sorry, I knew it comes to me. And so that's going to be a good signing for them. But it does seem a seem a strange time at the moment, doesn't it? It's difficult for for, for teams to to sort of look too far ahead because it, there's so much doubt at the moment with what's going on. I think the, the problem is, Paul, you've got to, 
you've got the clubs have got to look after themselves and their kind of fan, financial situation and you know with with everything going on regarding you know no crowds and 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 things like that the, the club have got to, well clubs have got to realize you know they they can't sort of overspend now because they haven't got the insurance policy of 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 other things that help fund the fund the clubs and it's going to be a difficult time obviously because you need to to be able to know what you've got to spend but it's without sort of income coming in it's it can be difficult can't it yeah it certainly can it's unknown sort of unknown territory really isn't it and we don't really know when things are going to get back to normal when crowds are going to be able to go to the matches and things like that. i suppose a lot can change in a in a month or so can't it i mean they're on about the, the, the season starting again in August. A lot of government guidelines could have changed by then. We, we, we don't know. So we'll have to just watch this space. And uh, I think as a Salford support, we've just got to keep, you know, back in the club, haven't we? I know Paul King put a statement out last week and, you know, I read that. I got the email and I think Paul's a, a really good guy. And what he said, uh, you know, it, it, it really brought it home to me how, how the club do need us as supporters and, you know, to keep helping them out as best as we can with things like the squad builder and you know not cancelling your season ticket and perhaps watching the games on RDTV and buying your virtual drinks and burgers and things like that. everything every little helps doesn't it and Sports Trust doing a great job as well you know they're raising all sorts of funds I know it was for the reserve team and that's been sort of cancelled now but I'm sure that money will will go to help whatever happens next season so yeah each club's got to cut the the, the cloth accordingly I think for us we might be in a I would say a better situation, but with us, we're probably more suited to this this lockdown because we don't have as many overheads as a lot of other clubs do. I mean, if you look at the AJ Bell Stadium, we don't make any money on match days from sort of the, the food and drinks and things like that anyway, do we? So we're not really missing out on that. I suppose all we're missing out on is the gate receipts on people who, are, who pay on the door or on the on the day sort of thing, which, which will be a significant amount of money. When you're looking at the sort of staff that leads St. Helens, we're going to have, you're probably talking a few hundred people there, if, if not more. And I'm not sure what, what Paul King said Salford's staff was, but nowhere near 100. So, um, so yeah, you've just got to cut your cloth accordingly. And like I said, us as supporters, we've just got to do our, do our bit if we can. I think it's a 47. It's a 47 or 49. It's not I think it was less than 50, Bob. I think it was less than 50. Which is, which is you know, like you say, that's in this situation, Paul, it, it kind of helps us because we haven't got massive amount of staff but I think I think the good thing about the, the parking statement is that it, it shows the transparency is willing to, to say look this is a situation you know when they do will actually go back to play they have to go back to train first for sort of four weeks or whatever but that's when the, the furlough money stops and it's important that us fans continue to support the club in, in the ways we are doing by keep continuing to pay your direct debit season tickets and, and keep continuing sponsoring the club like you said, joining the, the squad builder, sign up for the RDTV as well, which is another you know crucial income for the club. Uh, you've got the the lotto as well, which you, which is important. It's it, it's things like that that you know will make a difference in this you know crucial four week period when the club go back uh, to work, as it were. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It really is. Like I said, it, all the all we can do helps the club, doesn't it? Especially in this sort of this sort of time of financial struggle and things like that. I mean, you, you've got to remember as well that it must be difficult for Paul King and people at the club putting those sort of statements out because, you know, the average man on the street, average man and woman on the street, I should say, might be struggling as well. You know, a lot of people could lose their jobs. You know, I heard something on the radio yesterday, I think it was the Trafford Centre could close and things like that. And there's an awful lot of people that could, you know, be out of pocket and, and struggling. 
you know, and even people who are on furlough, if you drop in like a, a percentage of your wage, quite a lot of people struggle anyway, don't they, with their wages. But if you're not earning that much money, you've got to adapt, haven't you, and, and put your money into things that are probably a bit more important than going to rugby league. And, you know, as, as much as it hurts me to say that sort of thing. So it is a difficult time. I think everybody's just got to club together, haven't they, and, and, and do what they can. And, you know, hopefully, I, I was thinking the other day when when things do get back to normal and supporters can go back to the the matches again for this time next year or whenever that may be. I'm hoping that we see a, a resurgence in attendances and, and people people have sort of missed it while it's not been there. And because sometimes you, you don't, it's an old song that you don't realise what you've got till it's gone. If that's the, the right words, I think it's something like that. And you know, I think I've heard a lot of people saying, "Oh God, I'm really missing the the rugby and things like that." So when it does come back, let's hope people get behind it and. You know, cherish it when it is there because I tell you what, I'm I'm missing going to Salford like mad. It's uh, doing my head in every week. I look in my diary because we were playing this week when I filled it in, and it's, there's no game to go and go and watch. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it's something to look forward to. Hopefully, in in your life, you 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 kind of don't really like you said you don't realise it's it's there until someone takes it away, and it's it's weird really. But on the flip side of that, the extra sort of time, the extra sort of space you've got helps you sort of uh sort of reevaluate certain parts of your life on it and, and well it's helped me it's helped me be able to get my teeth into my book because before i was doing that much bits and bobs you know writing the previews for the, for the podcast and things like that and it took quite a lot of my time up you know coming up from work and i'd write a preview for the the next game and i, and I love doing them i really enjoy doing them and, and all the facts and figures and things like that but if i did those and then we did the podcast on another night it was weekend then and then the game was there and i think oh i'll do a bit of my book next week so i've really been able to get my teeth into that and um, you know you, I, you just do this sort of simple things in life don't you weekend we've not we've not been doing much at all really i mean we you know, as a family, we, we we spent a lot of time in, and a couple of weeks ago, we decided to go out for a coffee. Um, this might sound a bit daft, but we went to um, a motorway service station up the M62, and it's really quiet, and you can get a takeaway coffee from the Starbucks. So that was our sort of highlight of the weekend. Sounds right, sad old now, don't I? <laughs> yeah, it, like I say, it's 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 been a bit weird, obviously, because I think we we went to McDonald's, didn't we, when it first opened. Just because we hadn't had one for sort of whatever it was, six weeks, ten weeks, whatever it was, and it was people queuing up all over the show to, to get there, and it, it gets to people, you know what I mean? I think little things like McDonald's opening and, and Rugby League coming back, it, it gives people hope, doesn't it, going forward? Yeah, yeah, and you've got the pubs opening next, is it next Saturday, the yeah. 4th of July, and the pubs are open, and I'm so glad I'm working next Saturday, and I'm on call Saturday night, so I won't be going anywhere near the pub. <laughs> so, uh, well, I think I'll leave that for a few more weeks. I don't drink a lot anyway, to be honest. Yeah, but, think, uh, to be honest, t- talking about pubs and that, if you actually look into like the detail of it, it's just like when you go abroad and sit in one of them sort of cafe bars, you know, when you, you sit at a table and the way waiter grins your food and then brings the... The food. There's no standing up at the bars. No playing on, you know, fruit machines or arcade machines or table football. Or anything like that. A bit like when you go to Catalan, isn't it? When yeah. you, you go to a bar there at Catalan, when you watch over there, and yeah, it's all like waiter service, isn't it? Yeah. Which is totally different to what what we class as normal in this country, isn't it? You know what I mean? But people, but you know, it's a big thing. People need, want to go to the pub, don't they, and socialise? And you know, I suppose it's just another another thing that that boosts everyone, doesn't it? You know, going forward, but on the flip side of that, you've got this uh, corona that's still out there, and you know that's like, like we said before, Paul. It's just it's all about your risk in it. If you want to go to the pub and you think you know I can do it, then then go. But look after yourselves if you do. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, all the bits of news, like you said, return of, of Super League, second of August, fifteen rounds um, of, of of matches, and then the top four playoff, and it and it looks like it's going to end on the end of November. Um, which, which, like we said, it's a, it's a good thing. Obviously, it's a kind of a shortened season, um, but it is what it is. We need to get the season out of the way, so then you can obviously reevaluate moving forward, don't you? Yeah, it's it's a funny one that really. I mean, if it does end at the end of November, which I'm sure it will do, that's the, the plan. When you look at it, you're only really going to be a month behind what you was going to be anyway. Um, and obviously we had we was going to play the Australians, won't we? Which is going to be a disappointment that we won't be able to do that. So that would have been in November. So you're probably looking then end of the season, December, January for your close season, and the season will probably start again. I would have thought February, March time next year, won't it? For, for, for 2021. I mean, I was I was talking to um, oh, I sent a message to that Martin Sadler. I don't really go on Twitter very much, and I was having a little Twitter discussion with him and. He mentioned something in the paper. I mean, I I tweeted about freezing the season and perhaps just starting it again next year from exactly where we were this season. But he made a really good point about starting this season on um, on Boxing Day, which I thought was a really good idea. You know, huge crowds on Boxing Day. If they could, if they could get a, get that by, you know, it's quite a bit further down the line and with government guidelines and that, and just have it as a twenty twenty stroke twenty one season, a bit like we did, you know, years ago in the, the old winter seasons where. The, um, the the league structure went over like two, you know, you'd start in September and then you'd finish in, in May the following season. But no, they've, they've come up with this plan now and um, you know, if, it, if, it, if it's only going to be a month after, we should have finished in October, so it's going to be a month later anyway. We've got rid of the loop fixtures, we've got rid of the Magic Week and, and we're having this shortened season of, of 15 games. I think it's a good idea. I think they've done well there and if we can get, get it out of the way and get it done, it's... Um, you know, it all bodes well for 2021 and hopefully we can have a, a really good year next season. Without turning this into Devil Details Corona cast, the, the, the problem is, if, if you're looking at what's happening around the world, like in Germany with all them meat factories that have, that have had to shut down, it's really cold in a meat factory. So they'll need, you'll need to sort of box the season off before it gets cold because it might cause a, an, an, an uproar or like a, another wave. So I think it's good that they kind of end it in in sort of November, even though it is cold in November, it's much more colder in December, January, and February, isn't it? So I think to get the season boxed off before then is is a, is a good idea. Mm. Yeah, I get what you're saying. There's, there's quite a few arguments for that as well, I suppose. I mean, for me, I thought it was a good idea to freeze it and start the season in in, in March next year or, or whenever, you know, 12 months after we were supposed to play Casper because... When you think about it, they're on about like um, knocking scrums on the head and, and things like this. And really, from where I am looking, if if you get any doubt about player welfare and players catching coronavirus or you know reducing the risk, they shouldn't be playing at all. There's no way they should be playing. You should be saying, "Oh, we're not going to have a scrum because you could have about ten blokes in a tackle." So that for me is a bad argument. And I, I don't. I presume the rugby league have looked at that and looked at the risks and things like that. But if it's any risk whatsoever to people. Are danger to people. There's no way you should be playing rugby league, and and that's a fact. That so I hope they've looked at all the, these risks and, and things like that. And not only that, the testing as well. I think Paul King said it. It's going to cost so much money to test players. You know, I think he gave um, gave a figure. I think he, he said it was it cost a player's salary per month to test the players for the rest of the season, and that that's a crazy amount of money. That and 
I just hope that he doesn't bankrupt clubs. I really do. Because if, if we're just trying to push this season through just to get it done and dusted, really, you should be waiting until it's safe to do things. But like you said, we don't want to call it the Corona cast. Do we? We've just got to go with, um, with what the rugby league have said now. And I'm sure we're all delighted that the season's coming back. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. But obviously you need... I'm sure all the clubs have, have got their heads together and sort of organised you know, what, what what they can do. Um, you know, it, like I say, it's a new normal. Talking about missing scrums and, and, and things like that, it, I suppose with, with scrums, it, there's more contact with because people's in a big huddle, aren't they? Well, with a tackle, you're just on and off, are you, in theory? Um, but I, I, I don't see, like you said, your idea of sort of pausing the season for 12 months. I, I, I can't see that ever flying because who pays, who, who, who pays the money? during that time for the players and the, and the clubs because obviously if there's no money coming in during that 12 months then then what happens to everybody that's why I think there was that was never a sort of a feasible plan because somebody like Sky Sports you'd have to say to Sky right look I need you to, to keep paying my TV money even though you're not even though we're not playing for you and Sky even though we are a big company and, and you know they've got football going and, and they've got all kinds of money coming in I, I don't think as a, they're a business aren't they and all they're, all they're bothered about is making making money and I don't see how they would say right what we'll do is then we'll, we'll pay you for 12 months to do nothing and then comes around to March next year we'll start all again without some kind of kickback to say well what we'll do then we'll do that for you know till March next year but then you don't get any TV money for next year because we we paid twelve months for you to do nothing. I get that. I, I do get that argument, and that's one of the first things I thought. Of. But the only thing I'd say to that is, he's got to be safe for the players. I mean, no matter how much money anything's worth, it doesn't. It, you can't put a, a price on a player's life, can you? Know, a player's safety. So. If it was me, I'd tell Sky to go and whistle. You know, if if someone was in danger of, of catching this horrible disease and, and being poorly, but like I said, they've obviously looked at them risk assessments. I mean, I'm not a, a medical medical sort of expert, and if they they think things are safe, you know, touch wood, everything goes without a hitch, and nobody catches this horrible disease, and and it all goes goes off goes off um, as planned. That I hope that really does happen. I hope there's no problem. Really. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder if how they're going to do it. Whether they're going to have to bubble up or. Or what we don't we don't really know, do we? Obviously, playing behind closed doors—that's an important thing. Um, and also playing in neutral venues, because obviously you're playing set of three games in one in one one area. Uh, then obviously that saves money, doesn't it? Because you don't have to pay for three pieces of equipment in three different places. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. The, the neutral ground and that. So yeah, they're going to have to look at things like that. You, you know, anything that can save the clubs some money and um, you know the financial burden as we've already stated in the podcast you know it's going to be massive isn't it with that, that testing alone is going to uh, cost a fortune so uh, anything they can save and have their games like you said really it's just a case of getting the season done though isn't it I mean I've not done my homework I was just going to ask about the Challenge Cup is that still going to be going ahead as nobody said say again what was that Paul the Challenge Cup. Have we had any announcement on no the Challenge Cup? Yet. I know the league's restarting, but will the Challenge Cup be played as well? That's, that's another good question. No, but no, I haven't read anything. I've not um, heard anything mentioned because I know we've got St. Helens, haven't we, at home to play? Um, and nothing's been mentioned on that. We'll have to try and find out that. Well, they probably have to play. They probably have to play midweek, won't they? Yeah, really? I would have thought so. Yeah. Um, which puts another. And how can you might have to have how many? How many? How many? Is it quarterfinals? 
Yeah. It's the quarterfinals next, I think. So what's that? 16 we'll play teams. Saints, and then you've got we've got 16 left at the moment. Then eight left in the quarters, haven't we? So there's 16 teams currently left in the competition at the moment. Well, so you could do four. You could do basically three venues. Um, four in each. Whatever. Three. Four, eight, twelve, sixteen, yeah, four in each. Or you could freeze the Challenge Cup and have that next season. And that's another thing that people have paid for the sponsorship of the Challenge Cup. They want their, mm. you know, their sponsorship on that, you know, big day out, and people want to be able to see it. So you, then you I suppose getting a date for Wembley though as well, Rob. I mean, how difficult it's going to be to get a date to have it. Would you be able to have it, Wembley? You know, Wembley's like it's always booked up, isn't it? Figuring out the logistics of it all. It's mind blowing, really, isn't it? <laughs> I'm glad. I, I'm glad we don't have to work on one of the fixture panel things. Do you, Eddie? You've got to figure it out when we do this podcast. That's our. Uh, that's our <laughs> um, so other bits, other bits in news, Paul. Uh, there's a live uh, Q and A uh, on the RDTV uh, on the third of July. Um, Emma is talking to Watto, uh, Ian Blees, and Paul King. Um, you can fire your questions over to uh, to the club via the social media channels uh, and uh, the three lads will answer them the best they can I think it's going to be interesting uh, to see see what they have to say and, 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 and obviously you know you can ask the questions you want you want answering yeah I'm looking forward to that looking forward to seeing the the three of them's uh, lockdown haircuts <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to see what what Obelisi and uh, I mean Paul Kings looks like it's, it's grown quite a bit so yeah I'm looking forward to seeing the three of them and hear what they've had to say and um, I'm pretty sure what has been working hard in lockdown hasn't he you know he's like student of the game and he'll be working on things for next season recruitment and things like that as will he, as will Bleasy so it'll be good and I know people have already started firing questions up there across the social media platforms but yeah get the questions across there you know if you want to ask them something uh, I'm sure that'll be well worth um, well worth a view that and uh, Emma will do a great job uh, asking the questions I'm looking forward to that I must admit How's your lockdown hairdo? <laughs> You've seen it, haven't you? <laughs> no, you probably, probably want to share it with the listeners. For the, uh... <laughs> Someone said the other day I look like Screech off Saved by the Bell. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had another comment saying I look like Kevin Keegan when he played for uh, Liverpool in the 70s. It was poor. You've not got like a, a razor. Like You've not got... I have. I have. Oh, my mate, I know a lad in Rochdale where he used to live. He's got a barber shop, and he normally cuts my hair. So he's opening up next Saturday, um, doing bookings. But I said I'll go in in a couple of weeks, and when you're not as busy, I'll have mine cut then, I, I, just to support him because I know they've struggled, yeah. you know, with being shut for three months. So I'm going to go and get mine cut then. What are you going to say? I'm going to go out and march straight in there first thing Saturday morning. Say. Well, un- unless I decide to grow it again. <laughs> it's a bit warm though, isn't it? It's yeah, somewhat... I've I've just got um I've got a sort of big razor at home, so I don't I don't do anything special with mine. Just sh- shave it off when it when it looks a bit too long, because I've got like a double crown, you see, on on my head. So it, if I grow it long, right. it sticks up, sticks up bad. So I don't uh, I don't. Right, mine's like a bit of a nightmare at the moment. So yeah, so uh, yeah, looking. you're looking forward to that. I suppose you'll give us an update when you when it when it gets done. Got me hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, we'll do. Yeah. Um, other bits <laughs> of news. Um, Wild thing um, has um, announced if they're now selling snood face coverings, um, which, which is good. Obviously, with the in the current situation, if you want to 
sort of cover your cover your face with a with it with the snood. Um, then with the color with the club's sort of badge on it, it's a, it's a good thing. Obviously, promotes the club as well as keeping you safe. Well, it certainly does, Robin. You've only got to look now at public transport, and you've got to wear a, a face covering now, and you think it's mandatory on uh, public transport and buses and, and trams and things like that. So yeah, get, get the name of the club out there. You'll look pretty cool on that one. And once this virus, everyone's a winner. And don't forget, you can also uh, purchase your Tees of Hope for the NHS, designed by Erin Ellaby. Uh, fantastic T-shirt designed by herself. 100% of profit will go to Salford Royal NHS Trust. It's eight ninety five, Paul, and it's a, a great T-shirt. Yeah, she's done a really good job of that. And the breaking news is that has been confirmed that Magic Weekend uh, this year has been cancelled. It has been agreed in principle that it will take place at St. James's Park uh, on the 29th and the 30th of May 2021. All tickets uh, for the 2020 event will be valid for 2021. So that's a uh, a breaking news story, uh, which we'll be talking about um, on the next podcast. So big thanks to this week's uh, Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.